Hello and welcome to the Stand Up Marketing Podcast, where in each episode we'll be showcasing and exploring a different area of tech marketing. We'll be talking with experts who share their experience, insights, and most importantly, provide you practical ideas that can be applied to your marketing strategy today. Tech marketing continues to evolve at a tremendous pace. It's often misunderstood and has a habit of taking itself too seriously. So join us as we tackle those issues and reveal what works, what doesn't, and how marketing drives revenue growth in tech. This is the Stand Up Marketing Podcast. My name is Richard Wright, and in this episode, we're going to be exploring product marketing in SaaS. It's a discipline which can often be overlooked, neglected, or simply misunderstood. But for me, and you'll hear us go into some detail during the interview portion of the show, when an organization invests time, money, and resource into product marketing, that for me is a massive green flag. Not only because it's setting up the platform and the company to perform well in the market and against the competition, but from a marketing point of view, it makes the process of generating demand much more straightforward when the groundwork of messaging and market and persona has already been done by dedicated specialists. My guest today is Ulrika Howe. She's currently the Senior Director of Product Marketing at Cooper Software. I've had the good fortune to work with her in the past, so when I decided I wanted to do an episode on product marketing, I knew her expertise and experience would help create a great episode, and as you'll hear from the record, she doesn't let me down. We define what product marketing is, how it differs from product management, when best to deploy product marketing, what makes a good product marketer, and how you ultimately measure the value of the function. I had a couple of minor audio issues with this one. I think I've pretty got them pretty much fixed, but you could you may hear a couple of clicks or bumps along the way, so apologies, but I can assure you it doesn't detract from a really insightful conversation. Uh, Ulrika recommended the Product Marketing Alliance as a further resource for the subject, and I'll add that link to the show notes. But for now, let's crack on with the episode. Ulrika, thank you for joining me today. First up, do you just want to give a little introduction to yourself and uh, and your background? Absolutely, and thanks for having me on, Richard. For your audience and for your listeners out there, uh, my name is Ulrika Haug. I'm currently the Senior Director of Product Marketing at a company called Coupa Software. Prior to that, um, I was at a company called Lithium Technologies, now is known as Chorus, was also in product marketing. I've been working in the tech industry for almost 15 years now in various roles, ranging from actually product management. I also did a stint as a salesperson, as an account executive, so carried a bag for a year. Um, but really, my heart is in product marketing. And I guess we're here to talk a little bit about that today. We are indeed. And I've got to be honest, I've kind of been looking forward to to this one because product marketing is one of those areas which... Um, well, I'm a big advocate for, and it comes up in conversation a lot. And one thing I've noticed over the years is it's often misunderstood and people have different interpretations and definitions. So, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can address that today. So let's just start with, with the, broad, the broad question. How do you define product marketing within a, a software organization? Yeah, and I think it's interesting because you're right. Different companies have different definitions of what product marketing is. And so when I look at... When I look at just marketing in general, I think marketing, irrespective of what your role in marketing is, our job in, B, in the B2B context is to set up sales to win at a very basic level, right? And within that, product marketing kind of has, I view it in terms of two roles, right? 
One is from an inbound product marketing aspect, which is really partnering with the product management organization or the product organization on uh, on product launches, defining the features, um, even helping them prioritize certain roadmap items um, in the product based on customer feedback, based on based on the competitive environment, um, and then also doing the messaging around, more importantly, the messaging of those products when they are eventually launched. The other component of that is is also the pricing aspect. Typically, product marketing owns pricing, collecting the data across the organization in terms of actual, hey, this is what something actually sold, but owning what the price book is and monitoring what are what are the discounts that were actually given out and being able to look at, based on that analysis, determine what is an appropriate price that we should list as a list price for the product. So that's a bit on what I would call like the inbound side. The outbound side is what I would consider really more the interface with sales. Um, so aligning on with sales on go-to-market strategy in terms of these are the areas where we need to focus as an organization. For example, some organizations are aligned by persona and truly under in its product marketing role to understand at a deep level who those buyer personas are. Uh, who are the personas? Maybe what are the segments or what are the industries that we're selling into? Understanding what those are at a deep level. And then aligning with sales and okay, well, based on that, if, if you think of it as like the three-dimensional matrix of persona, segment, and vertical, where do we think we can win based on our unique product positioning? And working on things like messaging, uh, align, how do we actually help with demand gen and creating content? So partnering with content marketing and demand gen on uh, putting together content that would align to the buyers on where they are in their journey through that cycle. And then providing, uh, working also with sales in terms of, hey, what's going on in the competitive environment, doing competitive swaps, putting together battle cards, collecting feedback from the field on messaging that's worked uh, against when you knew you were in a competitive um, deal, for example. So collecting all that competitive info, that of course then also can inform some of, the pro some of the product strategy as well. So taking all of that together and looking at it in terms of, okay, how do I take this messaging and then enable the field? Because actually a product marketer actually has to be the best salesperson. Because you're if you're not passionate about the product and if you're not as a product marketer confident in the messaging, then how are you going to be able to train the sales team on that? And how are you going to convince them with conviction that you are the right person to be able to train them for that? So yeah. that I would say is a, at a very high level, inbound and outbound. But what I love about product marketing is it really does sit at the nexus of product sales and I would say the rest of the marketing organization. You know, I mentioned content development and also helping drive demand gen. And so one of the challenges with product marketing has been because it, it kind of has um, – central role and is the hub between those three parts of the organization that for some organizations who maybe don't understand the value or don't understand what product marketing is sometimes it leans towards one of those parts of the organization more than more than the others yeah yeah i think um i i, I read one definition recently just to really kind of boil it down it, it's being the specialist in where to play and how to win and, mm -hmm. and that's um, really struck home with me uh i know 
from my point of view on the marketing side, you know, when you walk into an organization with the focus of your goal of creating demand, often the first thing you say to yourself is, okay, well, what's the message? What, what can we go out exactly. uh, and, and say? And if product marketing isn't in place or, or that sort of uh, exercise hasn't been done, then it makes the job uh, of generating demand and creating engaging content and experiences so much harder. And also on the sales side, how, how often do you gone through an exercise where I, I've asked people within an organization, you know, give us, give us, the, the elevator pitch tell us tell you tell me what we do and you know often you can ask 10 people and get 10 different answers so that's the importance of product marketing making sure that everyone's enabled and consistent in in the message because it's not just relevant for the individual one-to-one conversations but that also needs to be consistent across all the uh, the marketing activity as well exactly if you think of like a messaging hierarchy right you've got mm. at, i'd say at the top level you've got the brand level messaging whatever your company is and then at kind of a more detailed level, you have the product messaging and the benefits of that. And then that has to merge in between. And that kind of comes in the form of whatever programs or campaigns that you're running. And so product marketing really helps be that glue between the product level messaging slash like sales messaging all the way up to the brand level messaging and really making sure that that's consistent and being um, translated all, all the way down throughout the organization. Because like you said, depending on who you talk to, the message can be different. And when it comes to things like brand, or if you're, you know, being able to simplify that messaging is an incredibly important skill to have as a product marketer. Mm. Yeah, especially if you're, because um, uh, often especially as, as organizations grow and they, they scale, start the conversation starts off you know it's all features and function led and that's a big snore draw when it comes to creating campaigns so being able to talk about what's the problem exists how do we solve it what are the issues if you do nothing at all the kind of thing that product marketing can lead um exactly what, so, so we've talked about you know what product marketing is, what the outputs are, who you uh, sit next to, that intersection between sort of sales, marketing, and, and, and product. What is product marketing not? And I'm thinking specifically here about product management because often there's uh, there's confusion between the two. Uh, yes. So product management, what a product manager is doing is they are literally sitting with engineering and building the products and prioritizing in their scrum teams like, Hey, these are the features that need to be included. And so there is, I will say, depending on the organization, there is sometimes a little bit of overlap between product management and product marketing. How I've dealt with it in the past is really being attached, like really having my whoever, whatever product area you're responsible for, that product manager, like you're tied together at the hip and you have to really be in sync um, because that product manager does have that deep product expertise on the features and the benefits and while they're building that with engineering it's your job as a product marketer to be able to elevate that feature messaging into benefit messaging that's going to relate to an economic buyer which is different than a user which is usually what product managers are focused on right product managers are they're designing products for specific users but oftentimes especially in b2b software the users are usually very different people from the economic buyers. And so the product marketing has to bridge that gap in the messaging. Yes, that's an important distinction. And I hadn't thought of it in those terms before. But so yeah, this conversation is doing exactly what I was hoping and it would be helping to bring into focus uh, product marketing for me and 
you know, everyone listening as well. So when should organizations be thinking about bringing on some kind of formal product marketing? That's a tough question, I will say, because oftentimes <clears throat> startups, you start with your founders, right? And your founder may be a product person, um, but your founders are often also your first salespeople. Um, <clears throat> so typically what happens is you've got at a very basic level product and sales. I guess what I've seen is usually product marketing is brought in when sales really begins to scale and where you it's not just like one or two salespeople anymore. Now you've got a team that needs to be trained and enabled or maybe there is a complexity in the buying process and then the go to market that has now come up and it's too much there's too much differentiation between how the salespeople are doing their sales motions and go to market. So I would say that me I would say so you should bring it on when your sales is scaling. But that being said, oftentimes there are actually heads of marketing sometimes do come up through do have a history of having come up through product marketing. So having someone right from the beginning actually could avoid some of the pitfalls in terms of misaligned messaging um, where sales is saying one thing and yet the website says something completely different and that results in a disconnected experience for potential prospects or users versus if you had a product marketing there they'd be able to make that connection because they're the ones that are owning that messaging so so to answer your question the tldr richard is i'd say it varies by organization but what i would recommend um like startups is you it's wise to bring a product marketer on earlier rather than later. While yeah. I appreciate that you're, you might be, you might have a strict budget, right? And you, you know, you're like, oh, I just need to do the absolute basic in terms of digital and sales and product. Consider bringing someone on earlier because uh, a product marketer will help, will be a better decision for having someone earlier in the long run. Yeah, I, I worked with a client recently who was doing a, um, a product launch, a new product launch. They're moving into a new category and um, speaking to them about running some demand, or a handling, helping them with the launch, but mm-hmm. you know, running subsequent subsequent demands. And um, through conversation, we realised that a lot of these foundation elements were were missing. So they took the time to delay the launch and actually bring someone in to to run that segmentation and messaging exercise, so they could actually demonstrate that they've given some thoughts to precisely which corner of the room they want to fit in and which messages are going to help them win in in that area. For me, that was a massive green flag. The organization took the time to 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 address that now rather than just going blindly into a into a launch scenario and then probably six months later kind of wondering well what, what went wrong um they actually made uh, made that effort but as you say well when sales is growing and scaling that's when it becomes important but um, my advice is always to 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 bring it on board um at the earliest opportunity because as i say it's um saves marketing i'm saving myself headaches later down the line with that uh, with that advice uh, ideally so um maybe my excuse is a bit self-serving <laughs> no i was gonna say on that example you gave though it sounds like yeah because they did the upfront messaging everybody's aligned right from the beginning versus yeah people shooting off in like 15 different directions all different messages and and then, like mm. you said, and then they wonder, oh, why didn't this work? 
and then they point the finger in Demangion, and it's like, well, it's not really Demangion's fault, right? It's, yeah. You know, it was the, the message was wrong. It wasn't aligned to from the beginning. Yeah, and it goes back to the point I made earlier. It's, it's when you start those Demangion programs, it's well, what's my message? What am I going out with, out to bat with? And yeah, you're you're really making it difficult for yourself if uh, that that isn't that isn't in place. So we've talked about what product marketing is, what the outputs are, who they work with, good time to hire a first product marketer. What do you consider makes good product marketer? That is a great question. And so kind of what I, when I'm looking to hire product marketers, there are a couple of key traits that I look for. Um, one is you must have outstanding written and communication skills. So you have to be a very good writer because messaging is a core part of what you do. Um, mm. You have to be able to take comp potentially complex and abstract concepts and distill them down to very simple Twitter headlines, right? And be able to be very concise in your messaging. So one, outstanding uh, written and, uh, and presentation skills. Um, mm. Two, you have to be cross-functional. By nature, this role works with sales, um, product, and marketing. Again, it varies a little bit by organization, but you will be working cross-functionally, which then leads to the third one, which is you need to be able to influence without authority. Uh, so you have a bit of a bank, let's say you're a product marketer for a certain product area, you have to be able to influence sales to align on a certain sales player go-to-market solution. You have to be able to influence products on maybe some new features that need to be prioritized based on change, based on changes in the competitive landscape, for example. These are kind of some of the softer skills. There's no kind of training ground for it other than doing it on the job, I would suppose. Fourth, I would say, is you have to be strategic and execution focused, especially in a smaller startup where you're doing both. Uh, you may be wearing multiple hats, so you have to be able to see the forest from the trees and be able to think about the broader strategy and see the bigger picture um, and think strategically about why we're doing something versus I've seen oftentimes in some organizations people are just executing without thinking about, well, does this make sense? Like, why are we doing this? So taking the time to ask why and back that up with data, ideally. Mm. But especially in a startup environment, you, you need to be able to roll up your sleeves and actually write the white paper, write the messaging hierarchy, and not be afraid to, to go and do those things as well. Fifth, I would say, is <laughs> in my mind, to be a true product marketer, you have to be, or what I call a full stack product marketer, you have to have experience doing both in ideally inbound and outbound, which I talked about earlier. The inbound being working with product management on the product launches and product piece, but also experience with sales. Yeah, yeah, it's so true about being at the, the communication skills because quite often, if you're working a software company, product marketing is the first group of people who will talk about a new message, a new strategy, a new mm -hmm. feature, or something, and getting everyone sort of excited and aligned on precisely where and why that fits into the platform strategy is it's quite a task. Mm -hmm. So that makes an awful lot of sense. Obviously, product marketing is is quite a, a broad broad role working with lots of different functions. How do you measure the value of the app of, of product marketing? This is a, this is a difficult one. Um, mm. In terms of um, 
That's why I asked Elrika. Of course. Well, it would be interesting if it wasn't if it wasn't challenging. Um, so unlike, let's take demand gen, right? It's very clear. Mm. You, there's very clear, measurable, like quant, uh, quantitative metrics around. Oh, we want to achieve X percent increase in our conversion rates, right? We want to increase our number of leads or MQLs or SQLs by X percent, whatever those are, right? There's very clear, measurable numbers associated with that. It's a little more challenging in product marketing. And so the way I look at it is, one, I think we look at sales. I mentioned earlier that marketing's job is to set up sales to win. So those revenue numbers from sales, I feel like we all are accountable for that, even if we're not an AE that's carrying a bag. So, and there are different ways that product marketing can help to that, help with that. So certain metrics I look at are, one, what are we doing around, um, how are we helping sales win bigger deals? So what is the percent increase in deal size? Um, because that's something we can influence through pricing. So win bigger, win faster, i.e. what are your win rates? So how do have we helped contribute to the win rates? whether that's 25%, 80%, whatever that may be. And that's related, I think, to enablement and our messaging. And, and and win rates, especially with regards to competition, that is something that you can measure depending on the, depending, I guess, on your Salesforce hygiene. <laughs> yeah, um, the perennial problem. Exactly. But yeah, so win rates, um, deal size, and then also uh, contributing to those to lead, to lead gen in terms of partnership with really demand gen in terms of, hey, did we help contribute to greater pipe in general? Mm-hmm. Whatever, again, it depends on what the organization is. And then I look at, so it's a, those are some kind of squishy metrics, but there are others around like, okay, let's say, let's look at enablement. Um, you can try to attach a number, so that's a big part of what we do, to say, okay, we're going to make sure that 80% of the sales team is enabled on the new messaging. So the deliverable might be a training session. Uh, maybe it's an exam that you give to the salespeople. That's another way to measure to see if they can actually grok, so to speak, the, the information. But attack, trying to do your best to look at what are your initiatives by quarter and then trying to find some way to numerically measure them. It's not perfect, but it, it really... It, it depends on the organization and how data-driven the organization is. But hopefully that gives you a sense of what some of those metrics could be. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and certainly if, you, if you're starting off in product marketing, you're not going to be able to do all of those straight from the, the get-go and it's something to, to aspire to. Um, it's something yeah. I've wrestled with um, over the years with you know, a couple of different organizations. And I think what you're kind of hinting at, there, there isn't a sort of silver bullet or, you know, in, in the same yeah. way that sales lives and dies by you know, their closed revenue number and all marketing lives or dies by, you know, the number of leads it generates in MQLs, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. There's not necessarily an equivalent for product marketing, but by God, you uh, notice if it's not present within the organization. So the other thing, the other thing I would add also is it also depends on where the co- what stage in the journey a company is. For mm. example, if a company is really focused on if you're very early in product development, maybe maybe your metrics are going to be a little more product focused. For example, driving um, X percent adoption of the product, or 
are really making sure that you get this many beta customers and working in partnership with product management to make sure you, you get this many beta customers. Versus if it's more sales driven organization, then your, your metrics probably should be a little bit more aligned with the kind of sales and demand gen metrics. And maybe maybe products in a good place and it's much more about, okay, sales execution. So it varies by varies by quarter and where the company is in their journey. Yeah, your organization, you've made your first product marketing hire. How do you scale that product marketing team over over time? What tasks and objectives do they start with versus what they should potentially be thinking about in two, three years time as the team grows? Mm. I would say I think that depends on the organization's growth. So um, are you expanding the number of product lines, for example? so you may want to you may want to organize your team according to products. That's kind of the natural way to start things out. But as an organization matures, maybe your go-to-market motions change and you move to a model where it's more persona-based, for example. And so you maybe have yeah. some product marketers focused on personas. So it depends, I would say, right? It depends mm-hmm. on the product, either the product or the platform complexity. Um, and the depth of knowledge that's required for that. And then also based on the go-to-market complexity, are there multiple personas? Are there multiple verticals? Are there multiple set? Are you going after SMB market or enterprise market? It, it depends. So again, I look at those kind of three vectors of product, segment, persona, and even like vertical. So depending on what, what, what those are in that kind of three or 40 matrix, that's going to dictate where you sh- where you're going to need to allocate resources accordingly. Yeah. Now the one the one good thing about product marketing is at least when it comes to sales enablement is hey you can add twenty salespeople, that's fine because one product marketer can still train that those same twenty people right. But it depends on what they're all responsible for right. If they're they're, if they're each selling different products, then you may need a mm. different product marketer based on the product. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, that's a good point. Making sure that um, you're you're factoring in the complexity of and of your product and also the market you're operating in, whether it's down to personas, the you know, different types of products you have. Uh, I guess as well, actually, maybe even geography as well, the location. Um, yeah. Will, will, will have a bearing. Yes, depending on what the product requirements are, like, for example, if you have a product that has very European specific requirements, but they're very Mm. different than North American requirements, you might need, you may very well need a different person focused on those. So that's another great point. Yeah. Um, So what are the mistakes that you see organizations make along the way? Or are there any sort of common pitfalls when it comes to Mm. running your product marketing organization to be aware of? Um, I would say, I think it's question. Some people may uh, question whether this is a mistake or not, but my personal philosophy is I believe product marketing belongs in marketing um, and not in the product organization. Because if you're in the product organization, you're not as close to sales. And that has to be, and marketing is close to sales. And so having that alignment with sales is absolutely critical for the success of frankly, the overall company, but just the general like success of that function in order to be most effective. So I've seen it. I've, I've actually been in an organization where it flip-flops, where I was reporting to product at one point, and then I was back in marketing. And 
based on my own personal experience, I thought we were much better aligned as an organization when we were in marketing. Um, and it sh certainly should not be in sales, I would say. Um, uh, it should not be in a, a sales ops type like role. It, it, it just shouldn't be. Again, because of the lack of continuity to marketing organization. Yeah, that makes sense. And I've, I've seen that go one way or the other where the, the product marketing team are too closely aligned with one. And it's, it's and I'm guessing because I've never worked directly in product marketing, but mm -hmm. it's a balancing act, right? It's, um, uh, it's making sure that you're spending enough time with product, with marketing, with sales, or the right amount of time, I should say. And that will change by organization based on for the reasons we've, we've, we've discussed. So that's maybe another skill to sort of goes back to what you were saying earlier about the ability to work cross-functionally and, and striking the right balance. So... Uh, I'll ask this because we've got the time and just to know your thoughts on how or if and how product marketing differs between a, a, a sales-led organization and a product-led growth uh, organization. Mm -hmm. Let's do the sales-led one first. So in a sales-led mm -hmm. organization, I would say product marketing is very much focused on that outbound aspect that I mentioned earlier, they're probably spending more of their time on enabling the sales team, listening to, uh, putting together pitch. Not that you shouldn't be doing it if you're not, but I would say more of your time is going to be focused on enabling sales to win bigger and win faster. Um, yeah. In a product-led organization, you're going to be much, your activities will probably be more focused on product launches and sales are I don't want to say it's going to be an afterthought, but because the primacy is on product, you know, you're going to be focused on ensuring those product launches are successful, but because you're spending more time with product, you're maybe not contributing as much time as you should be to sales. Um, so there may be a little bit of a, a disconnect there. Again, it depends on where there's no right or wrong answer there. It just depends on where the company is in their journey, but just something to consider where if you're a product marketer and you're looking at companies and there are certain skill sets that you want to develop, uh, maybe if you have more inbound, you know, product managed, product marketing experience, that you have a lot of experience working with product, maybe you should go work at an organization that has a more sales-led culture so you can get that experience to yeah. round out your product marketing skill set to become a full-stack product marketer and okay. vice versa. And, and, and I guess a good product marketer can work in both, but they just need to be uh, sort of aware of where they need to dial up and dial down. Yeah, ideally they have experience in both. What I've seen is typically typically people tend to lean to have greater experience with either the product side or the sales side. And I, mm. ideally you have someone that has the balance of both and experience with both. So it's actually, it's a challenging role to hire for um, because Again, ideally you want someone that has a balance of both, but what I tend to find is people kind of lean towards one one side or, or one side or the other. Yeah, you mentioned there about hiring for people. Is there a common route into product marketing? What was your route into becoming a, a product marketer? Did you come out of college and go straight into it, or did you take a circuitous route through tech to arrive at product marketing? I took the latter, the circuitous route. Um, I actually am an, am an engineer by education, so I right. uh, I actually went into uh, product management first, and so really because I liked working with engineering, 
And but then I realized I really enjoy working with customers and I really enjoy working with sales. And so that's kind of where I, I made a decision that I wanted to transition from product management to sales or not sales to product marketing. What am I talking about? I did carry back. Yeah. Then, but that'll be an edited post as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's where I made the choice because I love working with customers. I love working with sales teams. I, I wanted to have more exposure to that and I thought product marketing would be a good way for me to have still have exposure to products and still work with them but also have the sales aspect so it's, it was yeah. kind of the best of both, both worlds um, that was my personal journey I would say there's no kind of standard journey anymore I think if you I have seen people from sales come into product marketing I have seen people from other functions within product marketing come over or product managers also as long as I mentioned that what what are the skill sets that are required if you're able to demonstrate those skill sets that's what really matters irrespective of what your of what your background was I would say um, and the last question I'm going to ask and I ask this question of every guest that we have is what is the one issue or thing related to, in this case, product marketing that you would like to banish or is, is a problem? I have actually just had the realization as we're recording this that perhaps I should be asking this question at a separate time, not finishing each episode on the negative <laughs> of, the, of the bad thing uh, that should be avoided. But, you know, maybe I can fix that in post and <laughs> delicately place it elsewhere. But uh, the, 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 the question stands. Is there, is there an issue or a thing related to product marketing that frustrates you or that you would like to, uh, to, to be banished? I, I would say it's um, sometimes there's a misconception by both product and sales that, mm. oh, product marketing, they just make the pretty slides. Right, they make really pretty slides and words, and that's all that they do. And so, <laughs> I would like to take my sword and slay that misconception because what we do yep. is so much—it's much broader than that, and is much—it's much more strategic than simply making nice slides with nice words on them. So, yeah. because we are plugged into different areas of the organization. Well, I think we've turned a negative into a positive because I think in the course of this this recording discussion we've hopefully been able to bust those myths and actually explain what it product marketing does and how it works and who works with them how you measure the value etc etc so if you do ever run into that issue again where someone says says oh well product marketing is uh, they just make the nice slides etc etc mm -hmm. just point them in the direction of this podcast and say look i've explained everything explained everything there <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a rather tenuous attempt to turn the negative into a positive, but I think uh, I think that it, it, it stands. Um, listen, we've we run out of time, uh, Ulrika, but that has been thoroughly useful and covered some uh, some great stuff. So thank you very much for your time today. No, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.